we're going to be talking this week. We're having the opportunity to jump back into a brand new podcast. So wherever you are all over the world, we are just thrilled that you're taking time to be with us. And as always, I am so happy to be here with Patty Adams. So Patrick, what's God doing? You know, he's doing a lot right now. And he's setting things in order, setting things in array, and he's getting hearts right too, you know. Yes, sir. And uh, and he's resetting some foundations, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit today. Yes. In his word, and you know, some things that what he really meant to say, you mm. know, that we've mis- perhaps misconstrued, or we're going to take a look at some things. Does it seem like some of the problems we're having now are because people who should have the heart of God right. have a wrong? perception of God. It's like we're all trying to, it's like we're all yelling at each other, but nobody's hearing each other. Yeah. I think if you have the wrong perception of God, it's just like in a mirror facing each other. Uh, that's going to come back on us. You know, oh, if this is how good. my father is, well, I'm part of him. This is part of, I'm a facet of who he is. So mm. I need to display that same character, that same wrong thinking, whether we know we're doing that or not. But like with anything, a lot of that's communication. That's right. You know, so the communication among men, but we first obviously get our orders and who we are from God. So if mm. that's wrong, everything underneath that's going to be wrong also. So if the way I fully know myself, the Bible says we know even as we are known. Right. And I love the process. Um, the Old Testament says, here's, here's one of these moments. We're about to go somewhere. All right. The Old Testament says that when you come into from the outer court to the inner court, the holy place and then the holy of holies. As you're coming into a deeper place, there is a place that we know about and it was called um, the laver. Right. Now the laver was this great big bowl and it's where the priests would bow down to wash themselves. And it was symbolic of as you're going into the deeper realms of God, there can be, and they were washing their hands and their face, that your hands and your face must be fully cleansed from the dust of the world, the things that you've picked up along the way. No transfer. Don't. Ah, no transfer. No okay. transfer. Because you're about to touch the holy things. And what's outside this place, because they've got the heavy curtains, is the dust and the death and the skin and the animals. And so don't transfer that. It was contact. What's on your skin, what's on your hands, when you go to touch the things of God, don't transfer the old life to the new glory. Don't take any of what got you here and think it's going to get you there. So don't transfer, but you had to wash at the laver. Now this big bowl, this laver that was made, the funny thing about it, it was this big bowl, but it says inside the bowl, they took the mirrors of the women When the women left Egypt, all the women left with mirrors. Oh, that's right. And it says when they went to make these instruments, they took the mirrors and put them inside of the big bowl so that when you bent down to wash your, you could see your face. You could see your reflection. You could see if you were clean. Now, if the Bible says in Ephesians that the church is purified like a bride is purified by the washing of the water of the word. That relates us exactly back to the scripture that says they bent over as priests to wash in the laver by the washing of the water, which is the washing of the water of the word, which means every time I let the word of God wash me, when I look into the word, it's not just so I can see Jesus. It's so I can see me. Wow. 
It's so I can see every part of who I'm called to be and any part that hasn't yielded, just wash that away, change your thought. There's always a clash Ah, when you look into the word. Come on. You know, none of us are 100% there yet. So as we read and go through, there needs to be a clash mm. of flesh and spirit. Yes. And that's why every time I read the word, I cherish it because sometimes, you know, if you can't get your mind, I'm trying, I want to engage the Lord. I want to hear the Lord. Mm. Oh, but I, you know, I don't feel 100% today. I don't feel, you know, this is wrong thinking. Like I'm worthy. Yeah. You know, but some, some days I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm even having a hard time maybe just thinking properly. Mm. So let me go into the word and just start reading. And a lot of times that wrong thinking, that dirt. Yes. There's a clash and it has and it has to it has there's a confrontation where it's not neutral. There has to be a resolution. Absolutely. Now the resolution could be you closing your Bible and walking away. <laughs> we are hereby resolved right. to not change. <laughs> or you can read it and allow your heart to be touched. Yes. But then also we can also close our hearts too. You know, mm. or harden our, our hearts can be hardened. But there will be a, a resolution to that to that conflict. Just like um Psalm one thirty nine I love. Mm. You know, it says, search me, O Lord. Come on. And know me. Search me, O Lord. So every time we bend over into the word and look face to face, yes, we're looking we're looking at each other. I mean, we're looking at ourselves. Mm. But, you know, we're really saying, search me, God. That's right. But can you stand? Can you stay there? And can, can you wash? Oh. Can, oh. You, can you stay there and wash? You know, one of the things I love about a baby, mm. little kids, the older we get, the, lo- the more we become uncomfortable staring at a person. Yes. You know, as we yes, get sir. older, we all get a little nervous. After somebody locks eyes with you for a couple yeah. of minutes, it's like, oh, okay, right. what's going uh, on yeah. now? But when children, children will put their gaze on you and you're walking around the room and they're just staring. And it's fun. And it's fun. Yeah. And they'll sit in your lap and just stare at you for an hour and, and grab your chin and play with your beard and grab your ear. They never change their gaze mm. because the child understands in the gaze of this adult, in the gaze of their parent, they are discovering who they are. My mind. Because looking at you, looking at me, finally lets me know who else I am. Because children don't yet fully understand who they are. But now I'm found in this place. I think part of what the Lord was always calling us to, that the kingdom works in this regard, until you stare into the word, and gaze into the eyes of the Lord as the way he sees you, not the way religion described him, not the way the denomination said you should be, not the way the people who didn't like whatever issue you were in beat you up about, but until you gaze into the scripture and see that you are loved and known and chosen and destined, and then let him look back at you. Because Paul says, you are changed into the thing you look at. Yes. We become the image of what we behold. Mm-hmm. You can't become him till you look at him long enough. Amen. Oh. Now, technically speaking, for those of us studying the word, how do you know when you're reading and something jumps, jumps out, it's illuminated, how long will you stay somewhere? Even if it's one sentence, one verse, how do you know in your spirit, I've gotten everything right now in this moment? Mm that I'm supposed to receive. Let me carry on. And how do you know when to press the brakes and say, oh, don't keep going. Don't go on to the next chapter. Stay right here for a week, two days, three days. Oh, How, how do you gauge that? Because I'll do that. Yeah. I've, I've done that in the past a lot. And I still do it. 
it's causing myself to slow down. I want to study, mm. you know. I want to, I want to, I want to know the word. So I, yes. one part of me is studying for my heart, studying to know the Lord, and one part of me is as a student. Yeah, you know, yeah. called to the word to study the word. So sometimes the call to, you know, want to be like a professor and yes. know the word can sometimes try to pull me out of the. I'm just going to sit right here. So how do you balance that? Oh, that is a great question. <laughs> sometimes. Our desire to be good students, mm -hmm. to become great teachers, can get in the way of being good sons. Mm. Um, sons will sit and talk to their dads, or dads will sit and talk to their sons, and you'll rehearse the same story over and over. Tell me that again. And where were you when that happened? And what was it like growing up? And where were you all? You investigate. If it's just the idea of learning it so you can repeat it, it's there's no passion that becomes part of it. And I think a big part of it becomes the idea of this. I make it like water. Okay. There are days when I am so thirsty that I'll take that first sip of water and I realize mm, that's not going to get it. I need another glass. <laughs> right. And then 10, 15 minutes later, oh, I need another glass of water. Mm. And I keep drinking until I am satisfied. So I say to all those who are hearing this, one of the ways that you see this revelation and transformation happen in your thought process, in your walk with God, is don't just read the word to memorize the scripture, to move on to the next point. Stay there until you are satisfied. And the way you know you're satisfied is there will be a peace released in your spirit that settles on the inside. And suddenly you know on the inside, I've received something. Yes. Until you actually feel like you received something, keep digging. Okay. Keep digging. Now, there are days when I'll read one verse, okay, I've received something. Yes. So I just begin to quote that verse. I say it all day long. Let it saturate all day. All day. All day. I, I uh, We know the word for meditate mm -hmm. is the same word in the Hebrew for chew the cud. So when a cow is chewing, anyone who's been on a farm a cow will chew the grass, the hay early. And then four, five, six hours later, you'll see the cow standing under a tree and it's chewing again, but it hasn't bent down to eat. Ah, That's because it's got a double stomach. Hmm. So when it chews the first time, it goes into one belly, but then it regurgitates it back up and choose it the second time. I see, that's right, yes. So to meditate means chew a second time. Okay, wow. When you meditate on scripture, it means what you heard the first time, you still haven't digested yet. It hasn't made impact yet. It hasn't taken root yet. You've got to chew that thing. So all day long, talk about it. Sing it out loud. Pray it out loud. Throw it in the atmosphere. I've watched you do that. I've watched you do that countless times in the midst of worship. A scripture that you had said you read earlier in the week, it was ruminating in your mind, it was marinating in your spirit, and then you start bringing it up in prayer. Then the next thing we know, you're singing it on the platform, and it becomes something you're rehearsing yes. to make it part of you. Yes. Yeah. All right. That's a good. That, that helps. Yes, sir. And that's gonna help. So that that so that in your spirit, so you don't forget it. Yes. Uh, even when I was in high school, I remember I would read a lot, mm. and I could remember. Ah. Because it would, the, the emphasis was on getting it done for the test, just, you know, taking a lot of information. And then I'm years later when I look back when I kind of actually cared, you know, yeah. I wish I would have paid a little bit more attention. But then I realized 
gosh, why did I have such a hard time memorizing or mm. just having recall? For you, because we all know you have fantastic recall, mm. um, that just comes from the chewing of the cut, right? Yes. It yes. wasn't a study of, okay, today I'm going to memorize five scriptures. Oh, God, no. That's, you've never done, you've, that's not a path you've never necessarily taken. Now, it is. Okay. I have actively chosen to memorize. There are certain passages sure, of scripture right, okay. that I have memorized, but for the most part... Right. It was what we're talking about like now. Like healing scriptures, scriptures yes. prophetic that we should memorize. Absolutely. But as far as, um, but the majority. The majority of what I've remembered, no. It didn't come from sitting down, quoting it out loud. Flashcards. You know, flashcards. Yeah. Um, playing it on tape until I got in my, for right. some of you who don't even know what tape is, <laughs> I just dated myself. But it was literally this. It was talking it over with other people who love the word, singing it out loud later speaking it over and over in my own spirit until what I kept hearing in my spirit became echoed in my ears. Wow. And pretty soon, David says this. He says, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Okay. But in another passage, he says, my heart is a tablet for the Lord. Mm. Now, if you put those two, those are two different passages, but if you put them together, he says, my heart is a tablet. My heart is a notebook. My heart is a place to record information. My tongue is the pen, which means if I want to rewrite my heart, I've got to wow. say it in my own ears. Goodness. So my tongue can rewrite my heart if I say it enough times. That's a, that'll preach right there. <laughs> <laughs> I want that. Yes. That's awesome. I've never heard that before. Yes, sir. Wow. That's how you rewrite your heart. Many people who struggle with heart issues, they go, I've been praying, 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 and my heart won't change. You cannot change your heart by just asking God to do it. Your ear has to hear your tongue because your heart is a tablet. Your tongue is the pen of a ready writer, which means your spirit is ready to write a new volume wow. in your own life. So this is the concept in the secular world, like a psychologist, and there's a book, I remember it's called like Psycho-Cybernetics about rewriting you know, yes. neural pathways by speaking things out. That was really a truth of God. Yeah that they kind of took and saw results with. Yes, sir. But the Lord, that's something the Lord, as, it, as you just stated in his word, uh, he established. Absolutely. One of the things that happens is in your mind, if someone has a stroke or if there is damage in the brain, you find other ways to communicate. So things that you've forgotten or things that seem to be lost, they've done studies where they simply say it back to the person, but they sing it to the person. The same memory, the same information. They sing it. Once they start to sing it and associate it with a rhythm, forgotten memories begin to reattach. For some people, they make it all about pictures. They show you a picture of the house instead of saying, don't you remember where we live? No, I've lost it. They show the picture of the house and then this is where we live, picture. Here's, here's your wife, boom. Here's your mom. Boom. Starts reigniting. It reconnects from a picture okay. because you have to always know that the brain has been made this beautiful instrument, but every part of your being responds to language. Okay. Wow. So if one way of speaking doesn't work, your tongue is the pen of a ready writer. So if, if I'm writing with a ballpoint pen mm -hmm. and it runs out of ink, well, if you give me a fine tip, I'll write with that. If you give me a magic marker, I can write with that. 
If you give me crayons, I can write with that. If you give me a pencil. If we understand that your tongue is a multifaceted instrument, so when one way of communicating seems to run out of ink, change the way you communicate, but let your words be the instrument yes. to rewrite your own existence. So good. And the kingdom explodes around you. Wow. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that right now. I know me either. <laughs> I don't even know where we're at right now. Well, for for all of us yeah. in the kingdom, if we begin to understand that the power of the kingdom is your language can reframe your world. Yes. And if what I'm saying opens up the experiences I have with God, then as I'm going into deeper places with God, this transformation process is I look in the word, I see Jesus so that I know whose I am and who is in me, but I also see myself so I can know what to wash, what to release and let go of. Why? Be ye renewed by the transforming of your mind. Be made new, be conformed, be transformed, be, be overcome and made again into the image yes. of Christ. So every time I let the word wash me, another part of me is fully transformed into this glorious Christ that's already indwelt yes, me. Yes. So I have to choose. Now that's why we were talking about the kingdom works in reverse. I have to choose whatever I see as normal in the world. I have to choose to say the opposite, declare the opposite, speak the opposite. Because if I don't say something new, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. My heart is a tablet. That means like a book with a thousand pages. All these pages that are already here have information written on them. So when I come to God, I've got all these pages. Right. So somebody said, I can't make it. Somebody said, I'm sick. Somebody said, I'm poor. Somebody said, I'm fatherless. Somebody said, I'm rejected. Now those pages have been flipping around inside of me for 20 years, yes. 30 years. Now I get to Jesus and I'm looking into this laver of living water and I hear everyone saying, you are who he is. He is who you are. You are a new creature in Christ Amen. Jesus. And I want to believe it. But I got all these pages <laughs> with negative information. So what do I do? In the kingdom, the kingdom works in reverse. I see. So in the natural world, when someone hates you, hate them back. Right. When they hit you, punch them in the face. Right. <laughs> when they steal from you, steal more from them. <laughs> They run over your foot, you break their leg. Let's hope nobody cuts this out of context. Yeah, yeah. Like I if I hear this clip by itself, I'm going to call you all lying. Don't you steal my words. Now, because that's how the kingdom of the world works, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. If that's the truth, that means everybody is toothless and blind. Because in the human capacity, we can only feel better when we make someone else feel the same level of pain they put on yes, us. Yes, that can be true, absolutely. But in the kingdom of God, you have to write new pages. How do you write new pages? When they hate you, love them. When they curse you, bless them. When they use you, pray for them. If they ask your coat, give them your cloak also. If they steal some money, bless them with more money. Mm -hmm. If we operate in the reverse, your tongue, that's the pen of a ready writer, starts rewriting your own heart, rewriting your own future. Yes. And you wake up tomorrow 
closer to your destiny, freer in your heart, stronger in your spirit, because you actualized and released the dynamic power of saying the opposite yes. of the reality around you. And that's the job the Holy Spirit accomplishes. When you speak it, then he goes and performs it in your heart. Come on, So sir. it's not a 10-step process of, I need to do A, B, C, D, and E to change my heart in regards to this, mm. or I have a lot of brokenness in this department, or I've been rejected or hurt, you know, but I've always, but I've been taught to respond in kind. Yes. And so I remain broken. And you, re you start responding in the spirit of life, and it does the work for you. Every time. Every time. So our job is just to speak it and believe it. Yes. I'll take that any day. Isn't that a better option? Yeah. If you're in the kingdom of the enemy, you have to plan revenge. Scheme. Scheme, plot. If you're in the kingdom of men, you have to compromise, cajole, attack. If you're in the kingdom of God, you submit. Yes. You choose. Yes. And you change. Yes. You do those three things. God now says, I'm more committed to your future than you are. So when you submit, well, what does he do? He raises you up. Yes. That's the kingdom. Amen. If you are willing to submit, if you are willing to, the next one is, are you willing to change? Well, every time we change, God does what? If you change in the places that he reveals to you, he now opens what was on the other side of that. There's promotion. With ah, Amen. <laughs> That's it. I'm sorry. I, I had to point at Patrick. I almost threw something. <laughs> I, I, I don't know who said it, but prune for a promotion. I don't know. Maybe it was you. But when you're when there's a pruning that's changing, it's not punishment, but it's for promotion. Yes. Everything in the kingdom, anything that looks like loss in the kingdom of God yes. is actually pruning for promotion. That's good. Yes. God is trying to multiply the amount of life that can flow through your branches. Mm. But to multiply life, he has to remove what looks successful, but will later be a hindrance. Wow. So God says, I have to prune you. Now, when you prune something, everything you're cutting away is currently producing. Yes, it looks like, right? It looks well, it like. is producing. It is producing, right. but it's producing on a smaller measure, okay. in less reserves, at a diminished capacity hmm. than what the is in the root. Wow. In the root of this, I see full apples on every branch. Right now, it's only a third full. And you're settling for that without yeah. even knowing it. Because this is all you know. Hmm. So this is, my grandfather was fantastic at working plants. And his name was Robert Lee. And so he was an amazing man of God. He was a good man. Grandpa would just, at a cert certain time of year, and he had planted, we had grapevines planted, uh, blackberry bushes in the back. Oh, that sounds good, yeah. Um, peach trees. Oh, wow. Oh, and he just knew how to, and he loved roses. So in the front mm. of the house was these roses. Mm -hmm. And he could work the land. Now, there would come a day, and he had bushes all around the house. Now, I loved it until I got old enough to one day be the one cutting the grass. And I thought it was just, I thought it was purgatory. It was punishment. I hear you. I'm like, you know, I was much lighter when I was born. I got blacker from them making me work oh, the yard. Lord, <laughs> oh, That's right. I said yeah, that said even it. in today. Now, better learn to laugh at some oh, stuff. Lord. So, Grandpa was outside. <laughs> Grandpa's outside. And he's just cutting limbs and stuff. And my Aunt Nanette would do the same. My dad would do it. Was Aunt Nanette the one who told the heavens to stop raining so you could cut the grass? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> and you would see all of these limbs laying around the yard. And I thought, 
this man has killed these trees. Oh, yeah. Because I, I didn't understand pruning. I mean, he cut one bush almost down. And it's now he's pulling it away to the side of the road so the trash truck can pick it up. And I said to Nanette, he cut the tree down. She said, no, he pruned it. I said, but he cut it all the way down. No, baby, he pruned it. I said, but he cut it down. No, honey. Cut it down means he killed it because he doesn't want to hear anymore. Pruned it, it means he loves it so much he wants more of it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Pruning is multiplication so being released. Yes. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yeah. That's what God's doing for us. Yes, Lord. Many of us need to grab hold of kingdom thinking and stop fighting the process of pruning. Stop arguing and reciting the same old issues that have always been around us. I think part of what the Lord let us hit on today is because the kingdom works in reverse, and we'll dig more into that in, in a few of these as we go forward, that the pruning process... I think many people for the last four, five, six months have been going through pruning. And many of you who are listening, you're in the kingdom and you're excited and you're in love with what God is doing, but inwardly you're going, I just don't know how much more in my city, in my family, in my church I can take. I feel like everything's being clipped and cut. I feel like every time I look into the word, God is revealing something else in my heart that needs to be washed away. And this is a good season, but it seems a little bit painful mm. because things are being revealed and things are being trimmed and things are being cut. But this is the most beautiful time because this is the revelation that remember, even if the priest is bent over washing, he's about to step into the glory. My, my. Even if the tree has been cut down to the ground, it's about to bring forth double fruit. Even when it feels like your heart is breaking, you're about to rewrite a new volume if you'll just say what God's already been saying. I need some of you to lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, for the King of glory. He has come in. And who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. He is the King of glory. So the Lord is saying to many of you, he's never ignored you. He's never left you. He's present. He's relevant and he's with you. Embrace the pruning. Embrace the washing and embrace your destiny. Patrick, whatever you hear. And Father, just pray over every ear that's listening, every heart, Lord, that we continue to be open to this process, Father, of your pruning, God, because we know with that comes more oil, more sap, Father. Mm. Your sustaining power, Lord, is flowing through these branches, Lord. We say thank you that the sap is overtaking us, just like yes. the oil, the anointing oil is overtaking us, Father. And we know that we are being commissioned for service, even in times when things seem low or uh, there's not a lot of activity. Yes. We say thank you that there's that commissioning for service, God, set aside for service, anointed for service, God. So I just... I just speak to everyone's call and what the Lord's put in them that it shall it shall live and it shall flourish and it shall bloom and mm. it shall bloom. And we just say yes. thank you, Jesus. Uh, thank you, Jesus, that you are a gentle, you are a gentle pruner, Father. Mm. You are a gentle among your people, Father. You are a gentle shepherd, Father. Yes. And we just say thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are just shepherding us yes. in your love in this season. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.